0: Here he is, our favorite guest on the Celtics Vlog Podcast from the other side. This is the third time we're talking to him this year as he pumps up the crowd over there. It's Justin Rowan from Sphere, The Sword. Game <laughs> one today is at 3.30 and we're talking about everything before, but before we get to this series, and there's so much to talk about, yes. we need to say goodbye to Dwayne Casey. Are you sad yeah. to see him go?
1: um i think it definitely was a mistake in a lot of ways i do understand the need to change up the voice there but it's kind of hard when you see a guy that improved the team every single season Uh, they came into this year changing what they wanted to change and just because they they lost to the Cavs, he gets fired i i don't know if i necessarily agree with that and i don't know who they'd get that would be a whole lot better i think at this point they kind of have to acknowledge that this is a bit of a talent problem
0: yeah, that's where I see it too, although it's good on the Celtics side because looking back on it, he went 16-12 and 12 versus Boston, and we never got that <laughs> playoff series. The Cavaliers were acting as a buffer in some sense, especially those Isaiah teams. They, they gave Boston a lot of issues, and... Somehow or another. I feel bad for Toronto. Like, I yeah. feel
1: like they've been the second-best team in the East for all these years, at least with Boston's injury this year.
0: Well, they've, they've gotten three series with the Cavs over the years and none with Boston, which is just amazing. I would have loved to have seen how that would have gone. I don't think we're going to get it now.
1: Me too. I feel bad for them.
0: No, I think Boston would have won, but that's a different story. 14-25 versus Cleveland over the Dwayne Casey years. So that's what sent him packing. Are they done now, or do you think they're going to be able to get right back to the same slot that they were before with a new
1: coach? I think it depends on what they do. Um, I think there's a chance for addition by subtraction there if they move DeMar DeRozan for the right pieces. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go with moving DeRozan. I don't know if they're going to move Lowry or Baca. I think Lowry, if they do move him, I can't see them getting great value for him. So oh, for that okay. one, I
0: that Baca contract's a killer. That's that's yeah, a team that's killer. <laughs> he,
1: uh, he fell off a cliff. He's uh, he is not the player he used to be. He's the only player that hasn't gone better since leaving Russell Westbrook.
0: hmm Nice shot right there.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: So let's talk Cavs and Celtics. I want to read this to you before we get started because I found this interesting online. Oh, expert, you, you've probably heard of this stat right here, Marcus Morris. You've heard of him? I've heard of him. So, best defensive season against LeBron, 2015-16 with the Pistons when he held LeBron to 20.5 points per 100 possessions. LeBron's lowest such mark against any player in the league, according to True Hoop TV. That's well Mm -hmm. below LeBron's season average of 36.5 per 100 possessions. It's fair to wonder if LeBron figured it out by 2016-17 when he averaged 35 points for 100 possessions against the Pistons compared to 34.9 against the whole league. There's a little bit of history right there. Marcus Morris, LeBron. There is history. Both um, sides.
1: That was something Andrew Sharp pointed out as well, that, um, in limited... Uh, Minutes, Uh, Marcus Morris did do a good job on LeBron. I think he's probably their their best chance and their best guy to throw at him. I think they'll go with a combination of him and Jalen Brown. But ultimately, I I don't know if you subscribe to this theory, but I think they kind of just have to let LeBron score. Like, just guard him. (laughs) You just guard him one-on-one. But if you can pay attention, and take away the other options, which is something that uh, Boston did tremendously against Philadelphia, where they're like, okay, Ben Simmons, like get yours. And obviously Simmons isn't going to score at the clip that LeBron is, but he can't take 40, 50 shots a game. If you can neutralize everyone else and you stay home on the shooters, I think that's going to put Cleveland in a tougher position.
0: I do wonder if he can take 40 50 shots a game because i've never we, we've talked about this a million times over the years and obviously we've heard it here in boston going into the series that notion that all right stay home on the shooters forget lebron's drives let him go get his and that is that that's like conventional wisdom right there but we've never seen anyone actually do that successfully at least i have not there's just so much gravity on his drives that it pulls guys off the perimeter and that's why he and, gets 9-10 assists again. game. That's,
1: that's the problem. It's not a simple drive and kick like someone in 2K that's just trying to drive <laughs> forward. Um, the, the Cavs do do a lot of things off ball as well. Uh, Zach Lowe had a great piece about the two-man game between Kyle Cooper yes. and Kevin Love off ball. So they, they do a lot of creative things, and they have sets where the Cavs practice plays, but they don't. Necessarily call out uh, a lot of plays. Like they don't go into a possession saying, "Okay, 100% of the shot is coming from this guy." They have kind of read and react uh, sets that they have, and they rely on the the high IQ of LeBron and Kevin Love and all these guys to make the right decision. Um, so that's what makes them a little bit dangerous: is that you have all these off-ball movements, and depending on what adjustments you make defensively, they have a counter kind of planned out. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Brad Stevens changes up a lot of what they run, a lot of the schemes. Uh, I know that was something even uh, David Thorpe had mentioned, that uh, because LeBron has such a good understanding of what other teams run, you almost have to come out with a new playbook against him.
0: So we know this series is day and night from last year's series. There's only four players left from last year's Boston team. How many are left on Cleveland side at this point?
1: um basically the only ones that were productive uh <laughs> last round it's uh, no they, no
0: from last year's matchup
1: no that's what yeah. i'm saying um uh, that uh, the only guys other than george hill that uh, were productive against toronto were the guys from before so that's tristan thompson kyle corber jr smith uh lebron and love so those were the, the guys that they went with in that game seven against indiana and those are the guys they've kind of been relying on so far in the playoffs.
0: So it's completely different this year. And the two guys i point to that could make a difference in the series. And I do think Boston's going to compete, go the distance, six, seven games. We'll wrap up this segment with our predictions. But Jason Tatum gives me a lot of hope going into this one. And you I won't. I won't. He's really damn good. I won't fail to mention that you compared him to
1: Tobias Harris. Yeah. <laughs> season, which yeah. was a little a little mellow have you seen how good Tobias Harris has been this year though <laughs> um no I, I haven't I, seen
0: him this time of year
1: yeah it took me about the uh, about a month before I saw enough Tatum where I was like okay I I get it I I mean I've I always say I don't watch a lot of college I own up to that yeah um I was going off of a, a lot of what uh, people were saying and um, I saw a skilled offensive game, but I didn't know if it was going to extend out behind the three-point arc because Tobias Harris actually does have great footwork when he's getting those jumpers off. And uh, it's very similar. Uh, Carmelo Anthony's another guy I think of in that way, but Jason Tatum, his three-point shooting is so far beyond uh, what I anticipated it being uh, this early on. And when you combine that with his polished offensive game, like he's just a tremendous, tremendous player and, um, JR Smith is going to need to be up to the task. He did a good job on Victor Oladipo. He did a good job on uh, DeMar DeRozan, and and he's shooting uh, this, the ball
0: like crazy right now.
1: Yeah, so he's going to uh, he's going to need to do a good job on Tatum. I mean, the scary thing for Tatum is he isn't shooting well from three in the playoffs, and I think the. Odds of uh, percentages there Like I think that's going to regress to the mean a little bit And he's going to hit some threes against Cleveland
0: Well if this series does go small Like I anticipate it will at some points He's going to get his in that Interior area right there That finger roll he pulls off Especially against the smaller defenders If he's able to get those guys in front of him Corver, i, I he, he definitely has the height on Smith too Because I've stood next to this guy He's 7 feet tall There's no doubt about it Maybe it's he, the length he, that's... He's really, tall? He's, he is a tall man. I've stood next to Horford and him, and I definitively feel like he's at least as tall, if not taller, than Horford.
1: Well, Horford's like, what, 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six,
0: yeah, he's 6'9", six 6'10". Six so Tatum's on the taller end of the NBA mismeasurements, if we're going to have yeah, that discussion, yeah. as always. But he's just phenomenal. And he's posted a one above one uh, defensive box plus minus in both the regular season and the postseason. So his defense has been better than anticipated, too. He's going to need to help around the rim. He's, I, th- I think he's going to be the most important player in this series. And we've talked about...
1: Really, you
0: know, eh? We, we've talked about Horford and his yeah. struggles against the Cavaliers. If those continue, it's especially true. Like, I don't know who else you look to. Maybe Jalen Brown because he's I'm going a little to be LeBron. a
1: little nervous that this might be the year that the Horford jokes die. Whoa! I uh, was not
0: expecting that this episode.
1: (laughs) I said that uh, on the Chase Down podcast. I had uh, Sam Packard on, and I want to ask you uh, your opinion on one of the things he said. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if the Cavs are playing Kevin Love at center and going with less Tristan Thompson, there shouldn't really, like... Uh, Love's done a good job on Horford in the past, but he shouldn't limit him in the same way that Tristan Thompson has. So I do think if even if Thompson isn't starting, I'd like to see, still see him get about 20 minutes per game alongside Horford because I think if you can neutralize him in those minutes, he's the main offensive hub. He makes everything work for Boston. Yeah. And this has been a bad offensive team all season, uh, ranked 18th overall in offensive uh, efficiency for the year. And that's with Kyrie being there for most of the season. So I think if you can limit him, you limit the Celtics offense. I don't think that they could keep up to, to the Cavs offense.
0: Well, what's different this year is the fact that he, and we've talked about this in the DMs, there's a center out there now in Aaron Baines. I think he's going to play a pivotal role in this series, too, now, the fact that you have a rim protector. and
1: Here's, here's the thing about that. Let's
0: though. throw it back to round one. I know you said Hill, Love, those things were true. Those guys were missing in round one. But I'd argue, too, Miles Turner, those rim protectors make a difference against LeBron.
1: They, they certainly do. Uh, the thing with playing Baines out there to counteract Thompson, I think that's going to limit some of the rebounding. But it's not just that Thompson has out-rebounded, and it's not like uh, Thompson has burned Horford for 20, 30 points. Having Baines defend Thompson, that's one thing. But what Thompson can do to Horford, his ability to go out and defend at the perimeter, uh, you look at the, the on-off numbers there. Uh, Horford averages as many turnovers as assists when Thompson's on the floor. Yeah, he that's,
0: that's been a problem for him this year, so I'm worried about that.
1: Right, so it's it's more about his ability to limit him offensively, and, and it's not like Horford's a high-volume player, but if you can get him to be passive, if you can uh, disrupt uh, his vision and, and get out there and defend him on all three levels, I think that's where you can neutralize the offense. So Baines will certainly help with the, the rebounding. But if you have Baines and Horford out there, and Horford's being limited offensively, are you really scoring? Are you going to have those driving lanes available for Tatum and Brown, or is the paint going to be clogged?
0: Thompson's a big deal. Is he? How much do you expect to see of him in this series? I know it's probably going to depend on where these lineups go. I tend to think this series is going to be bigger rather than smaller for most of it. There'll yeah. be stints of small ball, but I don't think the Celtics have the personnel for it this year. They definitely did last year. They were actually too small for this matchup last year, but now they've embraced that big ball. Greg Monroe could get involved, but I doubt it. But, I
1: don't think he's playing in this series. Yeah, no.
0: I, I doubt it too. But either way, they're still going to have the bigger lineups out there, whether it's with uh, Morris or Tatum. It's a combination of both of them at times. So Baines is going to play big minutes. So Thompson, I remember... 2015 when it was Thompson and Mozgov against Zeller and Bass and it was just, I don't even know how to describe what that was. There was it's just <laughs> <bath>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it seemed like those two guys were flying over our front court's heads actually. But now it's just Thompson there. There's not the big centers that they used to have, and it just doesn't feel like the same Thompson. I know he's been injured this year at times. Yeah. But what what are you expecting to see from him in this series? Because obviously when it comes to Horford, that's the big X factor like you talked about.
1: Yeah, I think the days off definitely benefited him. Um, Thompson has been limited. He's no longer at the point. The injuries have kind of taken its toll. He's no longer able to switch on to guards like he was in the past. Yeah. Uh, last year in the conference finals, he was also playing with an injury. But... Um, well, he was playing from February on with the injury, and because he was playing through the pain, that's why you have this year where he's just limited. Mm-hmm. Um, but even looking at the, uh, the on-off numbers and the impact stats of when Thompson's on the floor with Horford this season, it's night and day. Um, right. I, I think the, the Celtics have a plus-eight net rating with Horford on the floor this year against Cleveland when Thompson isn't on the court, and it's minus-eight when he's on with Horford. Um, I would like to see him play a lot of time. I don't know what Tyron Lou's going to do. Uh, Lou likes to keep his uh, lineups a mystery. I don't know if we're Ooh. going to see a lot of. You're
0: like the secret playoff plan a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: and this year. And this year, too. <laughs> hey, uh, it's, uh, the defense, it's improved. He's a mystery, yeah. man. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, uh, a high bar to clear, but the defense has improved. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he goes with. I, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of um, Jeff Green in love or, or what it's going to be. Uh, Lou typically doesn't change his starting lineup unless it's after a loss. Um, so I, I anticipate them starting with love at the center, but I'd like to see uh, Thompson be that center off the bench and, and match a lot of those minutes with Horford
0: what role is the uh kardashian thing played in his decline you think
1: i uh i don't think that's a factor hey eh? uh chloe kardashian has three rings man uh she was with uh married to Odom for two and she was dating tristan when they won in 2016 damn so. she's
0: on lebron's <laughs> yeah
1: exactly exactly she's got more rings and staff she's got yeah she's she's doing all right um I I definitely think maybe he might be a little tired from uh, some of his extracurricular activities. Yeah. Um, But I don't know if that was too different, uh, too different than uh, before, because don't forget, he uh, left his pregnant girlfriend for Khloe Kardashian back in 2016. So uh, there's uh, there's a trend developing there.
0: They're not as uh, not as altruistic as the Celtics. A bunch of good guys over here.
1: <laughs> oh yes, yes, I'm absolutely sure that that's the case. Do you think this this roster, after all the injuries that they have, do you think it's better than the team they went to the conference finals last year with? Because that was something uh, Sam had said to me.
0: Well, here's the thing. I I I'm still holding down to the fact that that. Eastern Conference Finals was watered down by Isaiah's injury. He came in banged up. I think he had yeah,
1: get... but they got better after he got hurt.
0: Because Marcus Smart sometimes transforms into a superstar periodically, Allen, as he <laughs> does. But uh, we saw that last round, too. And we, had, we didn't even get to talk about him today. We're going to talk a few times throughout the series, I'm sure. So I like it. Let's, I like uh, it. We'll, we'll get to Marcus Smart in a ensuing episode. I'm sure you're a little bit worried about him. But uh, as far as last year's team, I was wrong. You know, Kyrie's better than Isaiah, definitively, even healthy. I think he showed that this year. Terry Roger isn't Isaiah? I would. We've had that debate with a few people. You know, is has he amassed the Isaiah level at this point? I don't think we're ever going to see Terry scoring thirty, forty points a game as we did with Isaiah. No, but
1: it, it takes it takes a special player to absorb that type of usage. My my whole thing with Isaiah was that he's not productive on the court if he's not absorbing that amount of usage. Mm-hmm. And if you're on a team with one or two other all-stars, um, that's not the best way to distribute uh, the ball. So that, uh, I just don't think he can be part of a winning team for that reason unless he changes up his role. But uh, the liabilities are, are just a little too high with him.
0: So here's my take. I think Stevens preferred last year's team just when it came to how he likes to play the game. He's been talking all year and even through these playoffs. I
1: disagree with this. Okay, make your case.
0: He's been talking about through the playoffs that they need to play faster. They need to get that pace up. They need to get the spacing up. And they haven't been able to do that this year as well as they did last year. I mean, last year's offense was definitively better than this year's. And Hayward being out was part of that. But still, they had a better lineup to run and gun last year, which I think is what he likes to do. Make no mistake about it, this year's versatility on defense has made them a better team, but it's limited the amount of small ball he's been able to play, which is something he loves to do. Marcus Morris, as big of a role as he's going to play in this next series, he's shown he's not that small ball four that they need. I actually would prefer Jay Crowder defensively to him at this point. So I think a lot of people are still going to pick this team over last year's by a large spurt, but I still think there's arguments that last year's team had some special attributes, and there's a reason they were the one seed. There still is, and I just wish that conference finals never got watered down by that injury. Either way, though, they probably lose. Let's get into our predictions for this one. We're a little overdue.
1: Who are you taking? See, here's my interesting thing. I, I do think it could go a couple ways, and it depends on the Cavs role players. Like, I, I think there's a possibility for them to hit open shots. Ultimately, I don't think that Boston can score enough to keep up with Cleveland. I'm not doing so great on predictions uh, this year. I picked Toronto in six, so wow. I, I know nothing. I, I did pick Boston. I picked the Sixers. So. In, yeah, I did pick Boston and make the conference finals before the playoffs, but um, I think well, I don't think. But Boston is the worst offense that Cleveland has faced in the postseason. I don't think Boston is as good as Toronto. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of matchup advantages there. There still is no one to defend LeBron. So if this goes beyond five games, I'm going to be surprised. And I'm going to give a lot of credit to Stevens if this goes beyond five games.
0: I actually want to check that because I know Boston had a 107 offensive rating coming into this, which is better than you probably would have expected. No, yeah, was... I saw that. Toronto's was...
1: I think it was 111.
0: All right, so fair enough. Toronto did have the better offense coming into this one. So you're going with
1: Cleveland? I'm, I, here's the thing. My brain is telling me Cavs in 5. My gut is saying it's a sweep. And wow. I don't typically go this arrogant, but um, I think that there's, there's still a little something there. I think you're going to see a really motivated LeBron... Um, He loves playing in Boston. He probably has more playoff wins at TD Garden than everyone on Boston right now on their active roster. Um, So I I think he's going to come out. And my big concern is Al Horford defending Love, if he's going to be able to take Love away and and kind of take him out of this series. Uh, It'll be interesting to see that matchup because I think if that happens, uh, it gets a lot more difficult to get shots for everybody else.
0: Between the rim protection multiple bodies that they can throw in front of LeBron, the switchability. I think they're going to be able to win the some The multiple games. bodies
1: always kills me. It's kind of like saying, oh, we're going in." Uh, to make a football analogy for you. It's kind of like going into a camp saying, yeah, we have like three quarterbacks that could win the job. If you have three guys, you don't have one. Um, it's He's not a couch that you need. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need like four or five guys. We can just throw that at him and we'll, we'll move it. That's, that's not how you defend LeBron.
0: Hey, it does help on the offensive end, though, when you're not going to have one guy yeah. wearing down the whole game. So For, sure. For sure. Those factors, three factors right there, I'm going to seven games. This series is going seven games, but LeBron hasn't lost a game seven uh, since... Probably going back to that Mavs Finals, right? Since then, I don't think he's lost a Game 7.
1: I wouldn't think go to 7, though. Yeah, um,
0: I know, but I'm just thinking since that,
1: like... I think the last Game 7 he lost was at TD Garden. Uh, hey! <laughs> it uh, 2000 uh, 2008. Parallels. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. if If this wasn't a competitive series let's say it mirrors the Raptors series where you have two games that kind of go down the wire and then two that are a blowout. Would that say anything to you about Stevens based on what your expectations for the series is going in?
0: So this is going with a sweep. Correct. Ooh, yeah. A sweep would definitely take a hit at Stevens. Cause I status. actually feel like
1: this is the year we've talked about this before, but I feel this is the first year in terms of playoffs. Cause I've always been impressed with them in the regular season. But I felt in years past, he didn't make adjustments. They were running the same things that they ran all year in the playoffs. And this year, I found, like, he's really looked for matchup advantages. Uh, I've seen adjustments on the fly. Like, I think he did a phenomenal job against Philadelphia.
0: And Milwaukee. Um, I think he did an even better job against Milwaukee than he did against Philly. Because they could have lost the Buck series. That Philly series was never really in doubt. Maybe that says a lot about what he did
1: in it. But... But but they he very well could have been home this tremendous job and and he's just constantly improving as a coach my beef is always people that have acted like he's been a finished product since he's come in i don't think there's anything wrong with him making mistakes in the playoffs he's growing with a young team yeah 2016
0: uh, was tough 2016 yeah so was that, great. that's
1: that's just why i ask if if you would feel like okay there's there's opportunities for growth and there's um, that it would tell you something if this oh, it would, wasn't as bad as you thought.
0: It would definitely tell me something because uh, someone wrote about this the other day. I forget who it was. I wish I could credit them. But as undermanned as they are, they still have a lot of personnel on hand. They're Ho- so
1: good still. There's yeah. so much talent
0: there. Yeah, a lot of top 15 picks remaining, um, two top three picks leading the way and that stuff all matters I know they're young and even Smart's a top six pick at 23 years old now so they still have talent here especially like on young, the defensive we also end. just
1: saw over the course of a regular season that these guys are way ahead of schedule like they, these are like Tatum Brown and, and Smart like god they're good players yeah
0: so there's there's legitimate expectations to compete here and i'm gonna hold them to that so that's why i feel seven games they're probably gonna lose in seven because lebron doesn't lose game seven anymore in boston or the moon so that's my take you're going with the sweet five games so still something we can disagree on justin rowan we'll talk to him later in the series enjoy tomorrow Reunion Arena in Dallas, where the Mavs and Lakers are playing tonight, was built in 1980. Now, you couldn't ask for a better facility. It's easily accessible, has all the comforts of a theater, and there isn't a bad seat in the house. But for some reason,
1: there are those who prefer the Boston Garden, mostly those who wear Celtic green.
0: What is so special about the Boston Garden other than the fact that it's 1,000 years old? Let's take a look. First of all, a garden, it's not. It's a train station, really. One flight up and you're on the fabled parquet floor. Now, before you get all misty-eyed about the parquet, take a closer look.